Good evening, everybody. This is Christine. Welcome to the Oddly Specific Podcast. I'm all alone tonight. Todd and Chris are not here. So you're stuck with me, the stranger. You have no idea who I am or why I'm on this podcast, do you? We're in for a fun ride, guys. It's going to be a good one this evening. (laughs) By the way, (laughs) by the way, I'm lying. (laughs) No, we're right here. No, yes, we're here. We were going to say we were in the bathroom, but then I was concerned you were going to say we were in the bathroom together. And I was going to be like, what the hell is this? Exactly, right? Like, Ah. as if you have two bathrooms in your house. I've got multiple bathrooms. You have have two bathrooms, don't you? I have two and a half. Two and a half? Wow. That's really just two and a sink. Well, then three. Like a, a no water sh- closet, as they say. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. It, yes. I have a bathroom with just two bidets, no toilet, no sink. <laughs> Came with the house. There's a blender. <laughs> There's a blender in the bathroom. Christine, thank you for joining us. Tonight. Oh, yes. thank you for having me. I'm happy to uh, be here, have some fun with you guys. Yeah. I love your podcast. Thank you. Yeah. That's really nice to hear. You know, I, I, I kind of wanted to, before we get into it, my kids were on last week. Do you listen? Did you listen to that one? Oh, I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. It probably was hilarious. Though. They, they, um, we need to get some more listeners. I think. Yeah. Like we need to actively promote this. I know. You know like I, so, I was thinking today, about a postering campaign. I, I have to admit that today I looked at maybe getting back on Facebook to participate in the Man, social media. You aspect. should, but Cambridge Analytica, right? Like, don't fuck around. You know, I'm just saying. Cambridge Analytica? Yeah, don't get on Facebook and give your shit away. Okay, so just get on Facebook. Zuckerberger, he's taking it all. Zuckerberger. Oh, man. He's taking all of your shit and just giving it to whomever. You don't need to. Giving it to China and Russia. Man. Yeah. You guys are scaring me now. It happens. You should be scared of the Zuckerberger. 2018, Zuckerbergers. Take your shit. (laughs) You guys ready? You guys ready to start? Yes. All right. So, this was, was giant sigh ever. Well, I know. It's <laughs> Did you just lose all your money in the stock market? What just happened? Yes, yes, yes. That's what. Chris, all in on Cambridge well, Analytica. Oh my God, I lost all my money. <laughs> I, okay. I'm through a very invasive procedure this past week that I know we're going to hear about. I know, about, so. I know. Oh, yeah. It's super invasive. I'm not <laughs> going to do details. I'm not going to do details. I just want to talk about it very briefly because I was frightened by it. And uh, I wanted to hopefully help people if they're feeling nervous about it. So, so you guys are both looking at me like no, I no, have, but okay, but so tell us about getting a catheter. So what you're surgery. saying is that we should not fear the colonoscopy. No. Oh, sorry. Colonoscopy. Yeah. colonoscopy. What not did a, you say? Nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> I said. I thought, wait for a second. I thought you were you got a catheter inserted. <laughs> no. It's not. It's actually <laughs> not like a camera, that. right? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So I knew you got a colonoscopy. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> can you define colonoscopy for everybody who is not familiar with it? And um, Chris, because he's part of that group. Yeah, yeah I've so never I'm, had one. I'm very sorry if you guys are grossed out by these sorts of things. You can totally fast forward this part. But uh, it is the process of taking a hose with a camera on it. Like, you don't do it yourself. Obviously, doctors do it. Just not to interrupt you, but it's Right, don't like, try this at home. It's yeah. like, what, an SLR? Like, how big is the camera? Um, a DSLR. It's a DLSR with a viewfinder? <laughs> I'm really overwhelmed by this right now. I'm sorry. You guys are like asking me a lot of How questions. How did you here. ever get through the procedure? If this well, is okay. Well, also, where is that camera? Because I would buy it. <laughs> it broke off. <laughs> yes, it's, it's inside. It's inside. You guys can remote view my colon later on oh if you God. want. But uh, there's a live stream. <laughs> so it, it's it's a oh, oh God. 
Sorry, sorry. I'm just still thinking of this Facebook big Nikon <laughs> up your Facebook ass. But anyway. This is why you got to get back on Facebook. I know. Blog yeah, Zuckerberg from yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a hose. I don't know what the diameter of it. Um, it, it and it goes, you know. Oh, it's whatever. like a military camera. No, it's not a military camera. <laughs> no, but you know, I'm not, I'm, like, not being, okay. I'm not I'm not being I'll, I'll put I mean, it to you like this way. You ever you seen m- that scene in, in like executive decision when Seagal puts that fucking Oh yeah, the military camera through the vent. Yes, it is up the terrace ass. I think it is like that. Periscope style. Yeah, Yeah. it's like a periscope. Yes, but it's bends though. But okay, so leading up to this, I wanted to tell you about the day before, Mm -hmm. um, which is actually worse than the procedure. So the day before, you are not allowed to eat anything at all. No, it's all clear fluids. Okay, uh, Gatorade. Vegetable stock. Just anything that has no. uh, it's, It's just clear fluids, basically. Like any clear fluids? Uh, no red or blue drinks. But you can do like jello, soups with no sustenance, sustenance well, in it. Why not red or blue? Um, because it could look like blood. Okay. I mean, that makes you know? sense. Oh, that's my theory. I don't know. Like, what am I, Dr. Matsunaga? <laughs> no. So you, you do this. <laughs> okay. You do. You, <laughs> I can't there is a Dr. Matsunaga somewhere. I know. I can't believe there's a specific this. thing they give you to drink as well. I seem to yes. remember when my mom had hers, there was this like three gallons of something that she had to finish yeah. by midnight, like on a deadline. So there's it, the pack that you get um, comes with three pills, and then there's two sachets that you mix in with two liters of water. So the What's night in the of. Sachets? The most volatile mix of sitting on the toilet for hours and hours. So it's like a hardcore laxative? Yes. Oh. So you do oh. this. Yeah, you guys are regretting this. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not as much as you are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Which you have to do the night before and then in the morning as well. Wait. I, I'm sorry, but this is fascinating. Yes. Like You take these two fucking sachets and you're like Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumber. Yes. <laughs> it's like that bad? It's that bad. So what would happen if you took six sachets? You would, Let's find out. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> just fall yeah, yeah, that'll be next podcast. Is Todd takes six. We don't sachets. have time for that tonight, audience. Yes, but yes. stay tuned because we will get to oh, that question. That would be some, some funny pranks, man. Yeah, it would be. If some I really hated somebody, I'd like slip six sash- sachets into their drink. I just like the word sachet. So you you do this, and then you <laughs> you sachet the sachet. Yes. Sachet the sachet. Sachet. And then. Sachet. And then you show up at the doctor the next day, clean as a whistle. And wait, <laughs> Christine looks like she was going to throw up there for a second. What do you mean, She's, clean as a whistle? Because you like, evacuate your body with those two sachets. Yes, you are completely. You are your colon. MT. You can see your reflection in your colon. Essentially, <laughs> it's very clean. It's very nice. <laughs> and uh, I'll take your word for it. Yes. Okay. Oh, I saw. Trust me, I saw the the camera was there during the procedure, and I oh. kind of like glanced. I was like, "Wow, that's clean." Back to sleep. So I did this, um, oh, and weirdly enough, they gave me fentanyl during this procedure on a patch. No, uh, I think it was through IV, but at that point, I was pretty out of it. So I show up at the hospital, get in a gown, they take me to a room. Uh, where they prep you, they ask you a bunch of questions, they ask you mm. your name and, and your number or, and your address a bunch of times <laughs> to see if you're, if you're all there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then they take you in the room. It's about 10, 20 minutes uh, that I barely remember. So it, there was no real discomfort. Uh, I ate like a champ afterwards. Uh, What'd so you get overall, to eat? Uh, when I got home, I ate 
what did I have? We think we went to like Tim Hortons after. <laughs> I may have got a sandwich. What? Nothing. Man, I just, just like, if I had a colon, you went to Tim Hortons? Man. You didn't go to Baton Rouge or some shit? You just looked at me like that was the gross part well, it's of just this like, discussion. Yeah, because it's gross. <laughs> like, if, I, yeah. if I fasted you for a long time, I'd be like, fuck. the whole story. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. Tim Hortons. I'd be like, bring me to Mandarin. <laughs> Mandarin? <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyway. So, uh, overall, uh, I don't want to talk about this for that long, obviously, but I give it about, in, in the whole grand scheme, obviously it's not an enjoyable experience. Right. But uh, in the uh, easiness, uh, I would say it's about a 9 out of 10, man. It's super no prob. I mean, the day before uh, is probably worse than the actual procedure. Yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks to the fentanyl, right? Yeah. 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 Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. Is that the most, like, Significant procedure you ever have done? Um, no. Oh, really? Yes. Like you had your wisdom teeth out or something? No. Okay, well, this has clearly gotten uncomfortable. He's got no wisdom teeth. <laughs> All right. Um, um, oh, yeah, right. Yes. Anyway, um, yes. so now is this is this entire thing covered by OHIP? Like- uh, I did not have to pay anything, no. But I did oh, go to my family covered. doctor first who referred me, and then I went and got this done. Right. So. Why did you get so this even done? Even the fentanyl. Uh, yeah. Just based on a visit. Again, I'll spare the details of that visit. But it, the, my doctor mm-hmm. was like, oh, you're in peak health, uh, except for this, and you've got to get a colonoscopy. So you can pretty much oh, determine. Fuck. Yeah. This, yeah. Isn't this like a regular thing after 40? Uh, I don't know. I think Man. so. He, but Shit. if you look at the sheet, like they gave me a sheet afterwards and it said, come back when you're 50. So I have that to look forward to. Oh, that's not so bad. Yeah. 10 years from now, you know. I had one thing happen to me. Like I, I one time okay. when I was like 28, the doctor was like, yo, I got to go in. And I was like, okay, well, now's as good a time as ever. And I regretted it because it caught me off guard. Like they go in. Oh, so you've had this done. No, I haven't had a colonoscopy. I just, my dentist like put his hand up my ass. T- <laughs> okay, wait. I mean, are you sure you want to be I'm telling this to yeah, us? Yeah, 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 I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, but yes. wouldn't it be funny if that happened? No, it wouldn't be funny. Just like in that Seinfeld. Yes. Yeah. Which Seinfeld? What happened? <laughs> when he were, you don't remember? Jerry's yeah. coming too after being knocked out. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, oh, I've yes. missed that show so much. So, Christine, thank you for coming on. Um, yes, Christine, thank you. This is like nice to have another guest on. Yes, it's uh, it's glorious. Uh, no, happy to be here. Seriously, if you could sum up uh, who you are briefly, that would be <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Oh, so it's just like I'm auditioning for Big Brother right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I may never get to do, but <laughs> yes, we can discuss that definitely <laughs> yeah. afterwards because she has some aspirations that I think we should really out with. Yes, please let us know. Yes. Uh, oh, I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay, so I get three words. Yeah, three words that accurately describe you. Unconventional, yep. smart, mm-hmm. yep. and sassy. S- sassafras. <laughs> sassafras. Okay. Sassy, unconventional, sassy. smart, yep. in no specific order. Definitely no particular order. Okay. okay. Just random order. Random order. Okay, that's good. Christine, <laughs> where are you from? What city are you from? Windsor, Ontario. Windsor? Okay, Windsor, so. big border town. I was just talking about Windsor tonight. Were you? About what? In, hopefully good, but probably not. No, my um, my father-in-law almost went to university in Windsor, mm-hmm. at the University of Windsor for a theater program that you apparently know, is renowned. Interesting. Right. They, they yeah. have like the top four theater program in like the entire country in, in Windsor. Windsor. Yeah. Pretty funny. Really? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I, I took a class there once and the instructor was like, yeah, at one point I uh, I directed like Kevin Bacon or something. I was like, what? Really? That's yeah. crazy. Insane. Seriously. Windsor's also known for you can buy a, a, like a 4,500 square foot house for 
$73,000. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's more like Detroit, but mm. I, the housing market is one of the best in the country, like way really? better than Toronto or Vancouver or anything like that. With the, much more bang for your buck. Yeah. But it's because there's nothing there, right? Jobs are very, very difficult to find. Yeah. So did you come to Ottawa because? Uh, school. I came here for my post-secondary and I just stayed. You so were like at Carleton or something? Or? I went. To, I actually went to University of Ottawa for journalism. I know, which is strange. Oh, really? I think that most journalism people go to Carleton. They have a good, they have a good, very good program at the University of Ottawa for journalism. I love the University of Ottawa, even just the program, but like at the entire experience, I found everybody was so nice. Mm. I loved all of my professors. So yeah, really, it was great. It was so such did a you graduate? Experience. Yeah. Did you work in journalism? Now. No. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Well, what does it take to get uh, to be like a journalist? Fake is news. There, is it? Uh, it's what's going on? super competitive. You know what I mean? Because it's such a changing industry right now too. And the problem with like the education that you get in journalism is that it, it is a bit antiquated in some ways, right? You know what I mean? Like the first part of the program, I was at Algonquin because it was a bridging program. Mm-hmm. So, and they're teaching you like print. Print journalism, which is like really? such in decline. You know what I mean? It's just, it's such a changing industry that there's like so many other ways that you should go with it. You know what I mean? And uh, wow. yeah. So yeah, that's no, something I, I should aspire to do a little bit more of is freelancing and all of that. But lately I'm just so much more into photography and, uh, you know, just doing what I do. What are you pointing at my microphone for, Todd? Uh, just, you were tapping the uh, oh. it's podcast. Po- yes. Todd is a oh, podcast no. cop sometimes. Faux pas. I it's made a faux my, pas audience. My Asian heritage, the technology uh, technology, <laughs> technology wizard, I guess. Yes. So, Let's just, so <laughs> can't figure out the car, though, can you? No. No. <laughs> no, I cannot. I'm not good with cars. <laughs> I, you I, should I've be, had, though. Uh, shut up. You should be, Todd. I know. Everybody should be. Maybe like the devices in the cars I'm pretty good at. The whole driving thing, though, stereotypically, I'm not what very good at I think of self-driving cars. I don't know if I like it. Oh, I got to say. Me neither. Forget I mean, that. I'm like anti-technology, really. I mean, really? Like, any of this like self-driving <clears throat> cars, you know, I mean, like our grandparents think that we don't know how to drive because if you can't drive a stick shift, it's not really driving, right? Mm-hmm. I look at the next generation, I'm like, you guys don't even know how to parallel park because you've got this, what, back seat, like yeah. camera, and like you can see behind the car. Yeah. I can't oh, see behind the car and I still park. Yeah. I don't understand these people. You know what? I used to have a friend in high school, my friend Darius. He came mm-hmm. from a very Polish family mm-hmm. and they all like just... They loved stick shifts and like old rabbits and stuff like that. And, and like, I was driving my mom's Chevette, which was like this automatic car. I was like, Fucking, yeah, I want to learn how to drive stick shifts. It's no. bullshit. You got, you got, it's like playing drums. You got so much stuff going. You gotta on, get right? both feet involved. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're dancing. That, right? And yeah. he was, he was. This guy was such a proponent. I loved him, but he was such a proponent of like the stick shift revolution was going to come back. <laughs> what? Yeah, he was. He was like a stick shift enthusiast. It's it's like vinyl records. It's it's like. It's not as convenient and it's not as good. You know, like why would he's like, that's the only way you can actually understand the car, feel the car. I don't want to feel the car. <laughs> I just want to put it in yeah, that exactly. thing and like listen to, listen to shit. Have a relationship with the car. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. totally reminds me of that episode. Sorry to go back to the Simpsons, but mm-hmm. uh, the episode when they're in the Russian car lot and the guy's yelling, put it in K. Put it in K. Remember, like, it, oh my it had like all the sort of Soviet writing on the <laughs> gear shifter. I hate well, people it, who drive stick shifts. You know why? Because you can always tell them in traffic because when they stop, the cars, cars yes. always lean back and kiss the... F- fuck you with your stick shift. Get an, get an automatic car. Yeah. You can, get a, you can get Lexuses now that do the parallel parking for you. Everything's automatic. All right. So, so obviously, if anyone ever makes fun of my first name, it's usually just with that Stephen King movie, like Christine, right? Okay. What was that? Was she a stick shift? That was, I mean, that was, couldn't sure, have been, yeah. right? Because mm. she did a lot of things automatically, right? Yeah. 
Do you know the whole automatically tried to no was it was a killer possessed a killer car but why it was possessed but it was (laughs) it was like it was like a demonic spirit in the car that was actually that was a good John Carpenter movie I'm actually just laughing why I think we've mentioned murderous cars in like every yeah Christine can we ask you a question (laughs) sure are you familiar with this element of the podcast the murderous cars element well we have this thing called what if right so I ask you a bunch of questions I I ask her what if every day all day day I'm the originator of the what if yeah. Okay. Am I or am I not? Yeah, you totally are. Yeah. When Since, what was like, the first what if I gave you? I don't know. It was probably ninety five, man. You were like, it had to do with decapitation <laughs> or something violent. Or- okay, Christine, would you? What kind of car do you drive? You drive a Mazda. Mazda three. Right? Mazda three. What if you could get a, a sweet free deal on like your dream? What's your dream car? Oh, like a Tesla or like a Lexus hybrid SUV. So like, okay, so something fancy. What if you get a nice car like that, but here's the catch. Somebody was murdered with a chainsaw in there. Completely clean in the inside. No. 100% I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I love to hear. Yes. How about a house? Same thing with a house? Murder oh, house. Oh, 100% I'll take it. Really? really? Yes. What if there's yes. like, Uh-oh. Like, a, a, like a poltergeist in this Like it turns place. into the Amityville horror? Yeah. Oh, I'm asking for trouble, aren't I? Yeah. That was a scary movie. That was a scary movie. You see movie. pictures of Which that one? house? The one it Ryan actually Reynolds? looks like a fake, little old, old oh, one. Yeah, like yeah, in old the one, golden yeah. days of horror movies. Mm. That house looks like a face, legitimately. Yes. It's yeah, yeah. eyes. Yes. Yeah. Jody, my, well, my wife actually uh, begged her father. They were down there, and <laughs> she actually begged her father to bring her and her sister by that house. I guess it's moved now. They've moved the actual Picked house, up the house and moved it do. somewhere, and it, it it doesn't resemble that anymore at all. That house, that fucking Chris, movie was terrifying. How yeah. dare you ask these questions, man? These what, movies, what questions? This, these horror questions because you can't ha- take the heat. You uh, will what? not. What's you will not sit in the hot seat, man. You're Go ahead. Always, what if me the, to death if you want? I don't care. No, no, no. It's it's useless. What hot like, seat? What are you talking about? I demand an answer. Yeah, because you're constantly going like, uh, I don't know. This makes me uncomfortable. I can't answer that. Only but when what? we talk about Black Mirror, and for that matter, I started watching it. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really get into it that much. Okay, fine. It was just okay, but like you, you like you know what? I'm very like I'm can be very fragile. So Todd's telling me all these fucking nihilistic, surreal episodes of the show that is meant to make you like bake your noodle. Yes, yes. I can't. Yes. I, you know. I'm sorry, I can't deal with it. I'm sorry. Black so, Mirror. Yes. Have you watched Is Black there Mirror? a lot? I uh, know. Is there a lot of mirrors in it? Yes. And I mean, black. that can be freaky. Sort of. That can be super freaky. Yeah. Mirrors tend to be portals, right? So like, bl- Black Mirror is a reference to all of our technology, how when you're looking at your cell phone with the power off, you're basically right. looking at you know, and how I get it. Tech, all the technology is looking at us mm-hmm. now. And Yeah. So anyway, I like the show. Chris you know, started watching it, apparently. Y- y- yeah, no. I, I was okay. Can I do a quick aside here, though? Sure. So Christine, I've known Chris for a long, long time. And to give you- a, 20 plus years? 200 plus years, yes. Uh, we're vampires. We, uh, <laughs> I used to routinely call Chris at his office at night when he was working yeah, late. Yeah, you fucking asshole. And that did you worst. pretend to be somebody else, like a prank no, call? No, I would be like, I would start telling him to envision certain situations like, Chris, imagine that you, yeah. you, know, you heard a noise behind you. And he'd be like, Todd, I, like, I can't handle this, man. Stop doing this Yeah, because I was right working now. late on government proposals for this ad agency that I worked mm-hmm. at. And I was there at like 1130 at night trying to like cut my teeth in my career. Yeah. This guy would be fucking calling me. I'd be in the middle of the, like the, a Maryville Road industrial park. Yeah. 
You were the worst. Like that was like <laughs> I know, not I know. okay. Yeah, but you can't tell him that it bugs you because then he'll just do it more. Yeah. Well, he's not. You're not really totally like that. Like you're generally pretty considerate. And well, sensitive, see, this right, and it's this, true. This is the yeah. thing: is Christina's kind of called me out at work now that I'm very antagonistic, and I am. No, I think I, I you called am. yourself antagonistic. But I did. But we've discovered that anytime it's- anyone says things to me, I I always have. Some sort of quick smarmy retort. I'm that. You definitely got a lot of yeah. sarcasm. But yeah. you're that guy. I'm that guy. You know, it's all. It's, you know? It's, it's, you're like it's the jughead of your office. Yeah. When he's moody, he's he's like that. Yeah, but totally. It, I think it's like a moody, like work sort of a thing. Yeah, he's really, really good at the two faced. Like lately, he's taken to like just wiping his hand in front of his face and like going completely. St- <laughs> he's so good at that. That's I that's can't pretty, do that thing, man. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that. Total. I I burst at the. It's right. Okay, wait a second. That's did you just I call did. me two faced? You, you called yourself two faced at work too. Well, I was like, your when hand I in front said, of your face, I was like, you're so that. good at that, Todd. You're like, it's because I'm so two faced. That's totally true. Yes, <laughs> that's totally true. You know, you know, I'm thinking about something to go back to what we were talking about. We were talking about Christine, yes. the, the movie about the killer yes. car, yes. which was directed by John Carpenter. And yes. the other night, I don't know if this ever happens to you guys, but sometimes I get into like t- television holes. Like, I don't watch much television anymore. Yeah, but on Friday night, I had, like everybody had gone to bed, and I was just like, "Oh, what's on? Oh shit!" It was like Out for Justice with Steven Seagal, and then mm-hmm. on another channel, it was this movie called Prince of Darkness, which is a. How do you choose? Well, yeah. I had a hard time. I was going back between the two of them. Yeah, but then I just started watching Prince of Darkness, which is you, if you, you're familiar Donald with Donald Pleasance, and we're yeah, talking about like, old, like really scary horror movies. This is yeah, it's fucking terrifying. It's by John Carpenter. Yes, it, it features the guy from Simon and Simon, which was like this old show that probably no one remembers. And it was about mirrors. It was funny enough. It was you were talking about like mirrors being portals. They are. Yeah. Well, the end of oh this movie God. has the most horrific ending of any movie I've ever seen. It involves somebody comes through the mirror. Somebody gets <gasps> sucked into a mirror oh, into no. the most awful dimension on the other side. Yeah. And you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're Christine, talking about. Christine, go oh, home tonight. God. Watch Prince of Darkness so you can get boned <laughs> yes. up in this scene. But it, it's awful. That sounds super tempting. I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> I sense I the see, sarcasm. I, yes, yes, I'm sensing some sarcasm. It's really well. scary. <laughs> it's fucking scary. Ah. It is scary, though. You got to admit, isn't it, Todd? Oh, yeah. Yeah, John it's fucking Carpenter, terrifying. I'm a big John Carpenter fan, for sure. John Carpenter sure. was fucking weird. Yeah. Like, bah. Good soundtracks. He does uh, very good soundtracks as yes. well. Yes. 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 Has he not done anything in a while? Eh? The last nah. thing he did was that vampire movie, or am I wrong? Vampires? Uh, vampires and then Ghosts of Mars. Oh, was yeah. Ghosts was Ghosts of Mars it. after that? Yeah. Do you like John Carpenter, Christian? Not especially. I mean. Do you remember the movie Starman with Jeff Bridges? No. That was like 83. Man, that was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Karen Ooh. Allen, Jeff Karen Bridges. Karen Allen, yeah. And I watched it with my kids, and they were like, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what is this? Silver Marbles That's business. Strikeouts. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to introduce them to like, I allowed them to watch Terminator 2 recently. I'm the worst parent ever. Anyway, they actually, they dug that. They were like, this is a really substantive story. Like, so did you follow up with <laughs> Starman or did you make them watch it I before? watched, no, Starman we watched after, you know, but there's sometimes I strike out with this stuff. Like I, I, we have a movie night every Friday, right? So I'm like, guys, my choice tonight. And they're like, generally, I pick like superhero movies and stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> we got to get boned up. We got to get a little diverse with our selection. So I chose the Joy Luck Club with my kids. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? No, they wouldn't watch that. Okay. But I would probably suggest it. But when we started watching the Joy Luck Club and they, and they were like, okay, it's just, it's a movie about 
a Chinese family or multiple Chinese families. And I was like, yeah, but it's dramatic and it's significant and it's about emotions. They, they sat through half of it. And then my son, like just literally in the middle of it was like, this sucks. <laughs> He's like, this sucks. We're wasting a movie night on kind of a bullshit movie. He didn't say bullshit, obviously. Oh, and I was man. like, listen, sometimes you need to expose yourself to things that you're not 100% comfortable with, you know, just to, you know, just watch it. Give, yeah. it, give it a shot. Yeah. And then I convinced them that there was a Joy Luck Club 2 and they refused to watch. Yeah, they're yeah. like, There sorry. is not a sequel to Joy, the Joy Luck Club, by the way. But. Oh, my God. How did that even fly? So yeah. uh, I know that you wanted to discuss something tonight, Christine, that you wanted to talk a little bit about yeah. well, know, an organization that you are affiliated oh. with. So, yeah, I guess what I did today, I picked up a donation of pet food and okay. I dropped it off at our storage <laughs> unit. Ours, us, is uh, the Ottawa Paw Pantry. So we're fairly new. We've only been around a couple of years now, but basically we're a food bank for pets from low-income families. Oh, we that's have great. Uh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We have um, a client list that we're um, looking to grow. I mean, we get so many donations. There's so many generous people in the city that are uh, pet stores that are always giving us, you know, food. Or um, and you know what? We actually have a bottle collection as well. Um, if anybody has empties out there that you want to just drop off for the cause, you can drop them off at Global Pet Foods on Hunt Club, and I'm always picking those up. And you know, whoops, sorry, I did that again. <sighs> F plus on podcast. Oh, I know. No, keep going. Sorry. Um, yeah. So did you so, did you start this? No, a friend of mine, Laura, actually started it. She's remarkable. She like basically, you know. Started it from the ground up, and uh, I heard about it in its infancy. Started volunteering, and I'll do like a a bunch of different things: client reach out, you know, pick up of the food, and dropping it off here and there. Um, most of our clients, uh, you know, they're low income families, so some people are on disability, or you know, they're just in need of temporary assistance. Sometimes they just got laid off for whatever reason. But wow. you know, I mean, animal companionship, in my opinion, at least, is so important to have. I love animals. Yeah. Do you have an animal? I had one that passed away last year. So oh. I I haven't gotten another one yet, but I'm almost there. Was actually. it a dog? It was a cat. It was a cat. Actually, and the pet store that I went to pick up the food from today had this one up for adoption that just, I was like, oh no, I'm in trouble. She looks exactly like my cat that passed away oh, last wow. year. I was like, are but you, you didn't kidding want to, me? But you, you didn't want to adopt her. I literally want to go back now and adopt her. God, I got to stop thinking about that. I told myself I would get a dog next. You know what oh, I mean? I've had a cat. Okay, yeah. Next, I want a dog. Yeah. Dog, but, dogs are, you know what? Man, I love dogs, but I kind of don't love dogs either. Why? I don't know. Cujo? I've had like, I've had, like touching because of Cujo. <laughs> because of Cujo. No. Cujo. I, we had a dog when I was a kid, but it didn't work out. Mm, I had the same sort of a thing, yeah. Yeah, and I just, I think I'm just kind of. Well, we had you two buried dogs. it, didn't you? You buried your feelings uh, over this dog. No, luckily I've never done that. <laughs> we, we had two dogs. We had like Casey, my first dog. That's the one that didn't work out. And then we had Sasha, which was like this little terrier chihuahua. You <laughs> named it Sasha. Well, we had it for like 15 years and my mom was obsessed with Russian dolls. I don't know why, <laughs> she's like, you are Sasha. And we had this dog for a long time and then they, they put the dog down, but I didn't. Oh, no. I couldn't go to the vet. Yeah. I was just like, I can't do this because I'm working and I can't make it. So I know I didn't want to be there. Oh man, and we have this like life hacks calendar at work that yeah. each day you rip off like a sheet and it tells you a different life hack like every day. Yeah. There was one like a month ago or two that said like you know if you ever have to put your pet down, find a vet that'll do like house calls because yeah. it, it saves the pet the you know the uncomfort of having to go to the vet where they don't like going and that's going to be like their last memory is being so, at the vet, right? I'm like, yeah. oh, isn't that nice to know? You know, after the fact. Yeah, and, I like, looked into that actually, and I saw that there are people. 
people in Ottawa that do that. I did. I had it's no such idea. Such a good idea. Yeah. Like it just it's a duh, right? Yeah. You know, I think I'm. I, you know, this reminds me a little bit of like talking to my grandfather about mm-hmm. when he lived in Italy. Like back in the day, in Italy, like when they had pets, they would just put their own pets down, and I was like horrified. I remember the yeah. first time I heard this. Like story. old yeller style, right? Like, like. Yeah, that would be one of the more humane ways to do it. Like when a horse lost its like its usefulness, you shoot it. No, because like, they didn't have any guns, so they would just like Uh-oh. prison shank the horse. Oh no! Yeah, what? Yeah, it was like it was like yeah, oh like God. break it down, kill the horse, and then break it down, and then eat it within like ten hours of it. That was like their like the family horse. Yeah, like the horse would get fatigued, and it'd be like oh, you know, like it would like have like hauled all this, and then they were just like all right, fuck it. American me, like just shank the horse, and oh then God. and then you know that scene in Cold Mountain or no? Is it Cold Mountain? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Are we lesser people because we can't even contemplate being Man, able to do this? I like can't. it's is it like? So I, how did you I, I how know. did you react to this? How did you? Well, this is, I'm going to come back to that though because that was another conversation I was having. Right, recently. and there was that guy in the West Coast. We can get to that later. No, the, all I was told was that when an animal uses loses its usefulness, the yes. bigger it is, they ate it. Well, they would shank it, and then they would break it down. So, like, they would cut it into pieces, and then there was no freezers, man. So they were having like a horse bonanza for the week for as long as they could eat that. And, that. and what what era was this? Like, when did, was this happening? Like in the eighties. Also, still no, happening. I, it was no? like in the thirties. <laughs> you know what? There probably was a whole like spiritual side to it too. You know what I mean? I'm sure they like gave the horse a blessing first, and you know whatever. Maybe said goodbye to it in a formal way, and said thank you to it as they were eating it. Did any of that? I happen? would say no. That, no, the way not at all. The way it was explained to me it was like, all right, well, this guy's done. Shake it. Oh, God. So, yeah. <laughs> How about like, did you guys hear about that guy in the West Coast out in BC, right? Like a month or so ago, he was in big, big trouble because he adopted a pig from the Humane Society, I think. And Mm. they actually made him sign something saying that he was not adopting it to eat it. Mm -hmm. But he wound up killing the pig and eating it. How well, and like I guess he said, like when he they finally, you know, whatever, like at first it was just this big, like, oh my gosh, he's you know banned from the humane society, he's getting death threats from like animal activists and stuff. But like interviewing the guy, he wound up saying, you know, it was just like it was a pain in the ass because it was getting dirty all the time, and he just kind of gave up. Like it wasn't his plan when he signed the papers, he ate the pig. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Betrayal. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it's, how is that any crazy, different man. from what your ancestors did in the eighties? Well, it's not, but it depends on how you, how you, if you humanely killed the pig. Like I, shanking, I just finished telling I you, prison shanking, shanking a horse, yeah. shanking, shanking boxer from Animal Farm, and then breaking him down, and then having horse sandwiches for a week. It's not <laughs> it, that it bad. Right? Sound, that doesn't sound humane, though. I don't know. Like, are you, are you, are you a vegetarian? No. Are you a vegan? No. Like, so you eat meat? I do. But, you know, I mean, it, I've always wondered, like, you know, I think about going vegetarian and you wonder, you know what I mean? Like, could I look an animal in the eye mm-hmm. and, you know, for my survival, know that I had to kill this thing and, and eat it? You, you know, know what? I just, I mean, I've we're thought kind about of hypocrites. That. Yeah, I've thought about that too quite a bit. And I, I have thought about um, vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. My sister's a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, I've thought about it a lot. And what I've decided is, and especially after going through not eating for a day last week, that I, I would hate to do it, but I think I could if it meant survival. 
Right. You know, if you were yeah. starving or your family member was starving mm-hmm. or I think I could, I wouldn't be at any, you know, I wouldn't be happy about it at mm-hmm. all, but for I, survival, yeah. I would never be able to kill an animal and then eat it. Like I, I, you know, like, you know, Tony Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain, yeah. mm-hmm. who I personally think is a big shit bag. That's just me. But, um, <laughs> I don't like Tony Bourdain. Let's talk Why? about him for yeah, a little let's, while. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that shit bag. I'm yeah. just going to, I'm just going to keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Can I tell you why I hate, are you going to the bathroom? Please. Where are you no, going? I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm going to get something. What, are you getting a glass of water? No. Do you guys want water though? Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. Snack time. <laughs> get some veggie chips and some nibs. No, uh, the reason I don't like Tony Bourdain is because he is, um, he's just an asshole. Have you, have you read Kitchen Confidential? Mm-mm. Todd, have you? That's oh, there you go. He's got Kitchen Confidential in his hand. So oh. Anthony Bourdain. Why who, does it look like the cover of like freaking Helter Skelter or something? It totally does. I know. It, I looks think like it, exactly, it looks like it's a picture he's, he's of the a Manson family or something. This, <laughs> this guy, I met Anthony Bourdain very briefly once. In uh, in Austin, Texas. Well, I should I should qualify this. I didn't meet him. I just like was beside him somewhere mm-hmm. before. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this to some friends I was with. I go down to mm-hmm. South by Southwest most years, and they were like, "Whatever." Um, but the guy looked like a leathered Iggy Pop, <laughs> and he smelled of tobacco. I remember that. Like he was, he's just like one of those sleazy fucking guys who I think just wants to get into everybody's pants, and he's like. And he wants to be recognized as like this mm. intellectual presence. Like that, that book's okay, but like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, all this to say, Anthony Bourdain killed a pig on an episode of No Reservations. Okay. And, and then broke the pig down. And he kind of had no qualms about it. I was pretty shocked to right. see him do this. He yeah, shot the just, pig and then like ooh, split it, it down and took all the stuff out. It was yeah. just like, fuck, I, I would never be able to do that. I think that was what was interesting about this book when I read it is it sort of exposes uh, the kitchen, the, the seedy kitchen. underbelly of the. But not even they world. try to they try to make it sort of like a rock star lifestyle, you know, and, and it, I don't know if Man, they succeed, chefs, but chefs seriously, fucking yeah, whoa, yeah, it's like Motley Crue in this book, Jesus Christ, yes, <laughs> yeah, there was some some behavior. If you would like to read this, feel free. It's pretty. Would you ever date a chef? Um. But after reading that, no. How about you, Christine? Hell yeah. Yeah? <laughs> they're, they're, oh, man. Even with like the crazy hours and everything? You'd never see them. Yeah. Perfect. Make me food. <laughs> but apparently the last Make thing they want to do is- then go away. <laughs> is that never, what you say? I know a lot of chefs. They never want to cook when they're not working. Yeah. And I understand why. I mean, I, I think if you do something so professionally, you don't like want to do it. Your, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like you don't want to do it like personally, right? Like think of anything. Like- why would you want to do if you're doing it all day for yeah. for 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 money and for work? Like how could you possibly enjoy it? You know, yeah, I guess cooking, that's true. skiing, especially whatever. with you know the the pressure cookers that are kitchens. You know, it's it's very stressful, very it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I watch Kitchen Nightmares. Would you? No, no, no. Eh? You wouldn't date a chef. Never. <laughs> I'm not dating anybody. I'm happily married. Yeah, but if. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. No, I <laughs> if if I like I I you know it's it's just it's no, no offense to chefs. I'm just saying it's like I know myself, and I know I would want to have my significant other around mm-hmm. me for like my birthday or a holiday plus Christmas. I, I think being a restaurateur is extremely it's very risky, intense. right? It's, it's very, very intense. risky too, isn't it? Very risky. It's 
Yeah, it's just like you know. I, I like I love going to restaurants though. <laughs> yes, yes, I go to restaurants <laughs> all the time. All the time, it's the best. <laughs> so uh, another thing that I wanted to ask you about Christine is one of the, the discussions that we have quite routinely is about Big Brother. Now, yeah. Chris, I know you don't watch Big Brother, correct? I, but I would. I think I, mean, I could get into this. If yeah. you guys sell it for me, I, I might be able to. So what I've learned about Christine <laughs> is that she wants to get on Big Brother Canada. Is I this, do. Is this one of your aspirations? Yes. It is and one of them. Yes. Okay. And also, she wants to be the villain. Like That's she, how you really? win. Yeah. She That's does not want to get really? revered. Yeah. She just wants to go on so she can say, I didn't come here to make friends, <laughs> which is something that they all say. <laughs> can you give me I a primer? Up. What's it about? What is the show about? Well, it's a game. Essentially, it's a game because the last person in the house wins the wins the money. How much is it? In Canada, it's only 100 grand, but you also get like um, a car. Wait. Sometimes yeah. it's a car. A uh, Extra like money from the brick, so <laughs> the brick like, a br- gives a you like thirty card? a brick gift card for like thirty grand. Really? Yeah. The brick is still around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Hunt Club in Maryville. Shit, you're right. I've never I haven't been in a brick in fifteen years. Um, so that's so yeah. you want to you want to win the brick. Yes. You want to win the thirty grand at the brick, but like so, but you it's have to stay game. in a house for a month. Oh, longer than that. I think it's around two months. The winner like winds up being there for around two months. Yeah, Holy shit, that's um, a long time. Being I think it's longer than that, isn't it? Isn't it like ninety they days started, or something? Or eighty something? BBCN six started on uh, March seven, I want to say, and the finale is going to be on May ten. See, okay. in the states, they run from like end of June to until September, like September. Yeah. So yeah. But explain to Chris how the game works, like how people end up leaving, how they, yeah. So every week there is a head of household competition. Head of household oh, yeah. is safe for a week and they nominate two people for eviction. Okay. The two nominees get a chance to save themselves with a veto competition. Okay. Um, and whoever wins the veto can either choose to use it on one of the two nominees. Okay. Save themselves from the chopping block or they can leave the nominations the same and then the rest of the house votes on who's going to leave. So... It sounds pretty straightforward, but it's actually it's like, hard. It's it's hard because it's very social. Like you have to be somebody who everybody likes and who everyone wants to keep around. But have like no yeah. morals. <laughs> be very like backstabbing. Yeah, lying. I, like, I, I've heard, make alliances I've heard and people then people like end up like hooking up in the show and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Is that true? Yeah, we have a, a like a work friend actually who says that he knows somebody who worked at production yeah. uh, for the BB Can uh, in Toronto. And um, yeah, he apparently like they, they can see into the house mm-hmm. and like they, you know, they saw people hooking up and stuff. I don't know. They I don't know those. why you would do that. They call those showmans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a showmans. A showmans. Yeah. It can be beneficial to your game in the way that you have somebody who's going to like have your back and and take you far in the game. So, right. but eventually, I mean, if you're not using the other person as a meat shield, it's not. Yeah, I don't a think meat it's, shield. A meat yeah. shield. Yeah, that's a good name for a band. Meat yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, our new band, meat shield. Yeah. So, are you applying to get on the show? I applied twice, but what happened? See, I never heard back. I have a friend who made the first round of cuts. Like his audition video was very, very compelling. And I'm, I'm boring, man. Like I'm just kind of, you know, trying to sit there and talk about myself. And the you know, here's me. Like it was a little bit more excited than that. Okay, uh, but <laughs> kidding, kidding. If any of you like crazy attention getter people out there have any ideas of what would catch the eye of a BB Can producer, yeah. 
Feel free to hit us up on the Facebook page, yep. facebook.com yes. slash all these specific yes. podcasts. Tell me what you should do for a good Big Brother Canada audition video. Yes, because you have to get on there. I, I would be heavily entertained <laughs> because you fully admit that you would be the villain and oh, that yeah. you would fully... Well, I guess we well, should now that I've said this on air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're revealing I your mean, strategy. Yeah. You will be the most ethical person on there and so loyal. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, I'll segue into um, we did get some feedback on the page, right? On the uh, Facebook page. Yeah, somebody made a comment. Yes. Chuck LeBlanc. Yes. and LeBlanc, he, sorry. LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Charles LeBlanc. LeBlanc. <laughs> so what did he say? Well, I'm going to call up on my iPhone. We also have an email to read. Oh, we do? You know what's him. so funny? Is yes. In Windsor, people don't have the uh, emphasis on French, French accents as much as uh, <laughs> as we do here. Yes. And I have a friend, her, like, her last name is Jacques, and she'll, she'll literally say Jacques. Like Jocks? Her last name Jocks? is like Jacques. Jacques. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll, I'll read you what Chuck, Chuck sent this in. Okay. Hey, Chris, I live in Gatineau. Most people probably know the neighborhood I lived in because it was near the closest dépanneur. Dépanneur? This meant a bunch of homeless people went there. This meant a bunch of homeless people were hanging around my home. This meant a bunch of homeless people were making a ton of noise, yelling, wailing, while I was trying to rest up for the next workday. I've been woken up by birds chirping in the morning, cats giving birth, but I am... But am I the only one to be woken up by homeless people detoxing in their backyards? Just wondering, FML. What does FML stand for? Fuck my life. Oh, that? So they have cats? Oh. Sounds like they should be clients of ours at the Ottawa Paw Pantry. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> woken yes. up by cats giving birth. So uh, there is a little bit Those of background. Those cats need to eat. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a little bit of background to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck used to work. Uh, I used to work with Chuck. And uh, he would tell me these stories. And um, he told me that one night he was up until about four in the morning to distant screams. Like, I'll back away from the mic on this, don't worry. So just imagine you're sleeping blissfully, like, ah, it's so nice. And then all of a sudden you just start hearing like, ah! of, you know, people awful. in awful, you know, horrible detox. So I would say, Chuck, to you, uh, I feel really bad about that, like, both for you trying to sleep and the person who is uh, obviously detoxing in your uh, backyard. Um, Chris, you recently you said that you had some difficulty in California, right? Witnessing the yeah, it was it was um, I was in California in March, and uh, yeah, I kind of didn't enjoy it <laughs> at all. What part were you in? I was in Los Angeles, okay, and then we were in Santa Monica for four days, mm. which was which was which was nice. But you I, had, you had yeah. you you were affected by the homeless population in LA, weren't well, you? Well, I wouldn't. Okay, let's hold on a second. <laughs> okay, you didn't give a little... shit about the homeless population. <laughs> no, no, no. I I uh, was not. You know, the problem in LA is that there's there's like seventy five thousand homeless people wow. in the city. So it's it's one of I think it might be the one of the greatest concentrations of the homeless like dispersed throughout the city, right? So like there are tent cities under bridges and things like that. Yeah. And uh it kind of bothered me a little bit to be honest with you. Yeah. Not because I have no problem with homeless people. I, I I have sympathy for people who are homeless, but a lot of the people that were homeless, many of them, if not most of them, were mentally unwell. They were suffering from psychiatric issues, things mm-hmm. like that. And they're just roaming the street. Like and the worst part about it is LA's got one of the highest rates of um 
homeless vulnerabilities. So mm. homeless murderer, mm. you know. Oh no. You yeah. know, like just I just kind of felt like, fuck, this is crazy. Like it's yeah. it's uh you know, like it's 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 not it's it's not good for people to be left to their own devices when they clearly need help. They need to be Yeah. You know, they need support. They need something, right? So it's like, you know, and uh, there's a reason why everybody flocks to the West Coast because of the climate, right? It's a lot easier yeah. to live on the streets when you um, don't have to worry about snow and minus 30 degree weather and stuff like that. Well, in the States, they don't like social services. So I feel like yeah. any U.S. urban center would probably have that shock value to us being Canadian yeah. whereby, like, you know, the homeless don't have any resources, whereas here they might have some. Yeah. But, I mean, in Vancouver, do you think that they have, I mean, I've heard that there are pretty sketchy parts of Vancouver where you might essentially see the same sort of a thing. Well, yeah. I, or, I go to Vancouver often. Yeah. And um, On, it's, it's is it East, East Hastings? Is that where? Uh, West yes. Pender. Yeah, West yeah. Pender, East Hastings. But that's just all drug addicts. Have you been to Vancouver, Christine? Yeah. Yeah. The the point I'm making is like it's it's very mm. visible in Vancouver too, but not yeah. as bad as LA. LA mm. was like LA was really was really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, it was, yeah. It was surprising. No, uh, no treatment center clinics or anything in LA, I don't think. So I think this is a, a yeah. good time, I guess, to lead into. I also wanted to ask you about um you recently also went on a humanitarian uh, mission, right? Yeah, I went to Peru last year, actually. Oh, yeah. um, I went with uh, a group called Iris Mundial. Iris is uh, an optometric practice that's it's actually more prominent out in the West Coast and in Quebec, but there are a few locations in Ontario that do fairly well, too. So last year, I was working for them part-time in addition to working for the government, and uh, we went on a humanitarian mission to Peru to run a charity eye exam clinic wow. in October. Um, yeah, that was pretty intense. We worked the clinic for five days and we saw over 2,000 patients. That's they crazy. were really, really wow. happy with that result. Normally, they do these missions in Haiti. And I know Haiti in 2017, I think they saw around 1,600. So they were really, really pleased with what we did in, wow. in, uh, in Kenyete, Peru. Um, and afterwards, we got to do some sightseeing, which was incredible. We went from Kenyete to Lima. To, you um, go to Machu Picchu? I went to Machu Picchu and it was breathtaking, like absolutely. So yeah, it's it's really such a beautiful country, but um, still very, very much behind like even the rest of the continent. I feel like Brazil, like Colombia, all of those countries are even more advanced than really? Peru for sure. There wow. are still some like really, really at-risk populations. Um, Peru's, yeah, Peru's an interesting country because Peru has a tremendous amount of Japanese people. I actually and Brazil. I've heard Brazil as well. Yeah, the the Japanese uh, came to South America, I believe, in the early 1900s to take advantage of economic opportunities. And I think Peru had a, like a Japanese, like a like guy with influx. a Japanese for with, as the president. It's funny if you look up the name Matsunaga, like Brazilian pages come up, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty yeah. interesting. That's, that's freaky when that happens. So um, what were your duties there? Like, what did you have to do? So I did the little puff of air machine. Anybody mm-hmm. who uh, gets their eyes checked might know that it's like a pressure check, basically, um, mm-hmm. that you do before uh, an official eye exam, as well as um, autorefractor, which kind of just takes a basic reading on somebody's eye and can test for like basic astigmatism, kind of a starting point for the doctor to start with the exam. Yeah. Um, and then after the clinic would be closed, we were just kind of trying to move everybody through the dispensary. I would help in the dispensary uh, at the end of the afternoon. And that was really where they saw the magic happen because we went down with like 
crates and crates of donated glasses that we had worked on and made sure that they were, um, you know, fit for being donated yeah. to somebody. Obviously used glasses, but um, still usable for somebody, mm-hmm. right? So in the dispensary is where they really, really saw some amazing things. You know, I, I was rooming with two girls who are opticians from Western Canada and uh, so they were in the dispensary all day long and they would be putting glasses on somebody that's, you know, 45 years old, 50 years old, who had never had glasses once before in their life and needed them. And they just Whoa. looking around for the first time, seeing clearly, wow. like there were tears shed yeah, every day. And so uh, yeah. What kind of hours were you working? Oh my goodness. Well, Thursday was the really long day. They were trying to like really push that patient number up high. So Thursday we worked like 14 hours, I believe. Wow. And every other day was around 12, 10 to 12. Um, yeah, sitting on like, I mean, obviously the conditions in their clinic is not anything that you would see in a clinic here, Mm -hmm. especially not an eye exam clinic. So sitting on these like blue plastic patio chairs, you know, those ones that you'd get at like Kmart when Kmart was still (laughs) open, like literally sitting on that. I was so sore at the end of the day on Tuesday. Oh my God. Well, Thursday. Yeah. Wow. How long did it take to fly to Peru? Oh, long time. First we flew into Mexico City and then from Mexico City to um, Peru. But it was interesting because in, when you get to Mexico City, you're losing two hours. And then by the time you get to Peru, you've only lost one hour. So it was kind of hard to keep track yeah. there a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Wow. It was it was really, really interesting and uh, literally such a beautiful country. Um, the coolest thing about Machu Picchu is that uh, when the Spanish arrived to Peru, they never found it. Yeah. Like they they never were able to pillage Machu Picchu. The people that lived there were just, they weren't royalty. They were just farmers. They were just a community. And they know that it was unfinished too because there are like big blocks of like limestone and whatnot that had begun to be shaped and, and worked on and chipped away, but that were just left. So when the Spanish arrived to Machu Picchu, all of the locals were just called to go and work for the Spanish. And here, this is your life now. Now you're peasants. You have to work for us. That's crazy. And they yeah. think that what they did was just when they escaped, they just returned to Machu Picchu to just grab their stuff and escape to the jungle. But the Spanish never found it because it was just so high up there. So high up, yeah, the altitude. Did you yeah. Were you affected by the altitude at all? I wasn't affected except when you're going up the mountain in a bus at like top speed and the driver does not seem to care at all and it doesn't seem like it's a two-way road but it is and you're just like zigzagging up uh, the mountain like like booking it around with a cliff okay, yeah fuck that it was crazy <laughs> firstly I did not expect I didn't know what to expect it was kind of crazy I would never do that it, it was so like, much I'll fun. fucking walk up this No, I would encourage anybody, anybody who has the chance to see Machu Picchu, do it. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. It's oh absolutely amazing. It's a breathtaking experience. You're not, obviously not afraid of heights. Not really. I mean, God, I can't even. If look. I'm ever at the glass ceiling at the CN Tower, though, I won't. I won't step on Have that. Have you ever been to Chicago, there. like the Sears Tower? No. There's like a glass floor. The top of the Sears you, Tower. Are you? No, you I'm hate heights. I can't step on that of, thing. I'm yeah. terrified of heights. I can't even look down from the third floor of the Rideau Center. I'm like, I'm joking. I'm like, <laughs> really? Oh wow! You're Over the really? Is that H and M? Oh my god! And they're like, no, can't handle it. <laughs> so no. that's your phobia, eh? Yeah. Even Bayshore. I went to Bayshore like last weekend. Mm-hmm. I was like, this fucking high on the third floor of Bayshore. <laughs> Food court. Oh, holy <laughs> no. So we we've actually at work we've discussed my phobias. One of the, one of which is uh, witches. <laughs> and the other is uh, buff kids. Wait, buff kids are terrifying, man. Have you seen this? Yes. When kids have muscles, man, that's buff, terrifying. Buff you actually are afraid Rip. of witches? Well, like he witches is. on broomsticks he or like is. witches? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, 
just no, not necessarily the yeah. widgets, like the curses that they can put on you. Because they're like watching movies like Thinner, Thinner or Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. Okay, you know. so like gypsy nomadic witches. Well, just, I, you know what? I wouldn't put a name on specifically what group of people, but just anyone yeah, that can put the a, witches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love you, Wiccans. We love you, everyone. You know, but, we actually we hung out with some Wiccans once. Yeah, I wasn't there. It was you and Gus. I'm uh, pretty sure you were there. Yeah, maybe it was me. Yeah, no, you were definitely there. Okay. So we, yeah, we hung out with some Wiccans. Can I talk about this? Or are you going to give me the, the look? No, go ahead. We hung out with some Wiccans back like 20 years ago. And it were they weird. legit Wiccans? Like, that's well, I don't know. They were both wearing pentagrams around their necks. Okay. And they were like, yeah, they're like, hey, do you guys want to go in the forest and like, like Summon have a the- seance? And we were like, uh, we'll go in the forest and drink. <laughs> and they were like, no. And then we went into the forest and, and like there was no booze or anything. They were, they're like, no, we're serious. We were going to like. Summon the aeons. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking crazy. This is, this is weird. I like, I remember Blair Witch Project, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, it was around that time. Right. So it was, it was like a real, like bit of a shock going in there. Like we just fucking walked a kilometer into this bush (laughs) and you guys really want to fucking call on the gods. Like, yeah, I've seen the beginning of Hellboy. No, thanks. Uh, I'm out of here. You know? Yeah. It was pretty. uh, Yeah. So it sucked. I don't know. I'm not. Where did you meet these cats? We uh, there was just like there was a party or something. Yeah, this is back when Todd and I played in a band together. We met so many fucking weird people. Yeah, yeah. and we like hmm. we would we would like always like like okay we <laughs> always like do it. I remember one time uh, it was with Chris. Actually, we gave a ride to this free spirit, and her name was Tear. <laughs> just one name, one name, Tear, and and her last she, name was Drop. Yeah, like Ba-dum-bum. we had we had a. Uh, she had tickets and we had a car, so we said, We'll give you a ride if you can give us some tickets. And it worked out. And she was just, uh, I remember at one point, like, she, I forget what music she put on. It was like, OK, computer or something. And she was like, It's, it's so visceral and started oh crying. Like, Ooh. tears in the backseat, fear for my life. I don't like situations like that. <laughs> Awkward situations are also one of my phobias. Can I, can I tell you something? Yeah. I have to tell you guys a funny story because okay. I was just talking about this a while ago. Like, you know, freaky people like what we're talking about, the Wiccans or like some fucking weird hippies or something. Yeah. When I used to live with my parents, I'm going to laugh about this. When I used to live with my parents, my my parents went through this phase where they were like hanging out with like, they were making an effort to be more social, right? With other couples. So, <laughs> Oh man. My mom had this friend. Where is my, this going? Yeah. My mom. Yeah. Don't. Ultimate nightmare scenario. <laughs> no. It, my my mom had this friend. My mom is a, prof- a professional sculptor. Amazing she sculptor. Had this, yeah, she had this friend who lived around the street from us, around the corner from us, and and then what ended up happening was uh, my mom and my dad invited this friend and her husband over, and I was out like with probably Todd or something, and I came home. It was around like nine thirty at night, and they had like a bottle of wine open, and my mom's friend was like yodel singing in our family room. And then her husband had this like gigantic yeah. Dave Matthews bass guitar and was like <laughs> playing while her his wife was yodel singing. What and was my your mom, mom doing? My mom was was like, neither of my parents were drinking. They were like half into this bottle of wine. And my mom was like, had this look on her face. I've seen it many times before where she's trying to be polite. And she's just like, oh yeah, this is really good. <laughs> and my dad had this look on his face like, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> it was, he was like, he was just like, what the, uh, you know, what are we doing here? When are you going to be done so that we can do something else other than watch the stupidity? 
And oh, it was really man. funny. And, and like that, I think that was one of the first instances I had seen of my parents being social with somebody where it wasn't super compatible. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of our experience with the Wiccans. It was like, oh, I thought we were gonna party. Oh, you guys really just want to chant and draw spirits from the leaves. Yes. Seriously? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it sucked. I was going to say, Todd recently told me a story uh, about when you guys used to hang out and you pulled an epic prank on one of your friends. Oh, I oh, loved this story. I just we, You can tell it again with the two of you here. We destroyed our friend. <laughs> so we had this friend and... Uh, well, wait, he's still our friend. Yes. Yes, he's still our friend, believe it or not. But um, <laughs> we He shouldn't be after what we did to him, but it got to the point, I'm not joking, where we were lying in the bushes, like, <laughs> like surveilling his activities yeah. and reactions. <laughs> like we were committed. outside of his place of work. <laughs> like we were on the ground in the bushes, like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. So the basic premise of this was that we were like Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfus in stakeout. Yeah, and stakeout, yes. for sure. Um the basic premise was we were trying to convince him that his ex-girlfriend that he had recently <laughs> broken up with was after him. To, and, Didn't uh, you actually like say that she was pregnant or something? You, well, that was the implication oh. via, remember your... Oh, yeah. We had like your mom call him at work. <laughs> yeah, my mom got in on it. My mom was like, this person has just called me. We're not going to use names. But this person just called me. You need to, you need to call her. And, and immediately, like, immediately, <laughs> she has something to tell. Like it was super yeah. intense. And we're surveilling him. He's working on the at a gas station. Yeah, and we're surveilling him with. We had binoculars. I don't know where we even got. Binoculars. Yeah, I don't know what we were. I'm not sure heavily, if they were functional, but we're heavily in, invested in this. Yeah, like an entire day of this. Yeah, like I was spotting Todd. Like Todd, like had the binoculars or a telescope or something. He's looking in, seeing what activity is going on. And we just saw our friend on the phone. Like, oh my god! Like we were reading his lips. He was like, oh, shit, like dying. And so, then I was like, I think we even had like a, a camouflage blanket. Over somehow yeah, there was we camo. Were really committed to it. Yeah, and we, we left a note. Uh, you know how there's dumpsters outside? Like it was at a gas station. So there was yeah. the dumpster outside. We left a, no, we didn't leave a note. What we left was his, the page of the phone book. That had his name and <laughs> yes. address there. highlighted, highlighted, and and we we stuck it to the with a knife. Yeah, I, it, yeah, we took a big knife. So when he was stuck taking- it against the the, the wooden <laughs> garbage door, and when we talked, uh, and so we watched him like, oh, it's time to take out the garbage. Okay, so I'll just you know clean up at the end and of the he night. Was like, oh my god! Yeah, he so, freaked out, and then he goes back inside. He's call- I remember he was like calling everybody. Yeah. What's going oh, on? No. And then we got his mom in on it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we followed him home to see like how he would be, like if he would be a bit mopey or if he'd be excited or angry or what. He was, I felt bad like two thirds of the way into this because he was really panicking. Yeah. There <laughs> yeah, was like some badly. definite panic. And uh, then I think it was when he got home, we were outside killing ourselves laughing. <laughs> And he came out for some reason. He saw us and just attacked immediately. Attacked us. <laughs> yeah. He ran at us. Like, he deserved it. Yeah. So sorry, sorry. This sorry goes out to Derek. Sorry, uh, man. I know it was like what twenty years ago. Or, years Derek, ago. I'm not yeah. sorry. I think it's so funny, and I love yeah. this story, and I yeah. hope that they tell it for years. That's is that the craziest thing we've ever done? Well, you also gave Derek a 
pile driver one time. Do you remember that? I did, but that yes. <laughs> uh, thank God he was okay. Are actually. you familiar with the pile driver, Christine? <laughs> is this like a moving street fighter? Like no, a it's, well, somewhere? actually, it is a moving street fighter it, by Zangief. Oh yeah, by yes. Zangief. It's it's a wrestling move where you you flip someone upside down You're so right. their legs are straight up uh-huh. and their head is between your knees and you drop to your <laughs> oh, knees. Oh right! You just compress their necks. Yes. So I don't know how you pulled that off on him. Oh but my God. my friend is very slight. He's he's a very small person, so it wasn't that hard. But no, right, no, but still, like, how did he survive this? I don't wow. know. I didn't give him the full weight of the pirate pile driver. No. no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like. I kind of, I kind of like insulated it with the base of my knees a little bit. Yeah, those are the good old days, man. Yeah, those were the good old days. Speaking of which, um, I know that you like uh, music as well. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, you're a music fan. Yes. Yeah. So Chris recently had a show. Uh, how did your CD release go, Chris? Uh, it was good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I post the show. I, um, I'm coming to, <laughs> coming to grips with a few serious realities about when you're 40 making music, which like, is what? no one cares. <laughs> no, no one cares what you're doing. And and unless you, you to- tell a bouncer that you're the drummer from Alice in Chains. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, you know everything. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. Um, no, I, I, so we had this CD release party for my band at Prest on Gladstone and, uh, it was good, but it was like, you know, I was, I was, I was remarking on this with my friend, Steve, who used to be the singer in an old band I was in called the setbacks. And it was funny because when Todd and I played in a band, we were always trying to get like notoriety, like press notoriety. And we let's were, send out press packs. Press packs. Get our management to have all these yeah. companies come. And then we hired this like really um, inept manager for a while. Wow. What? Well, okay. Yeah, he was really proficient. Not really. Okay. Um, anyway, he. Um, but the first band I was, we were in, like we were always trying to get press and recognition and stuff like that. And then it, it was really difficult, I guess. It was very know. difficult. It was very yeah. difficult. But then I was in this band called The Setbacks, and people kind of loved us. Yeah. And it was just, you made no effort whatsoever. I, we made zero effort. Like we recorded this record, and I sent it to John Westhaver at Birdman Sound, which yeah. is like this kind of venerable. Yeah. Yeah, you familiar with it? Yeah. It's near the Clock Tower Brew Pub on on Bank. Yeah. And he called me back within ten minutes of receiving it. I, I like couriered it to him for my work, where Todd used to terrorize me at night. <laughs> and John called me back, and he's like, "This is amazing." I'm like, I want to put you guys on this bill list. They started championing this album, selling them for us, and stuff like that. And then we were playing like we played Montreal. We played with all these good kind of counterpart acts that were in the garage rock scene at the time. Well, yeah. I remember that name, the setbacks. I know it's, I've heard that. How before. long have you been on Ottawa? For almost ten years now. So I definitely yeah. so have heard. May have been it. In like right around the end. Then I guess. Say eh? yeah. How long ago was we broke up? Technically in two thousand and seven. Oh really? Oh that's weird. Yeah, well, like our singer moved out west and like. Mm. But but yeah, we were called one of the one of the better rock bands in the city by like Andrew Carver. Uh, anyway, our website's still up. So so anyway, there was that right, and then in the and there was another thing that I did after Inner Story where like just getting press was like super easy. Yeah, I had this. I released this like solo electronic record in nineteen ninety nine two thousand. I got like, on the cover of the Ottawa Express, which was like the big rag at the time in in Ottawa. I remember that week the best because like I was walking down the street. <laughs> people like, oh, people God, are God. recognizing yeah, you. Like, looking at their newspaper, like, wait, yeah. wait, wait. You want wait. the free show, Come, Come over here, celebrity. Come over here. Come here. Yeah, but now in this band. Oh no, they'd never give it for free. Well, I, I got one free shawarma. Did you? Yes, That's no I easy did. feat. Oh wow! It was not. I got it from Roosh, <laughs> the 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 old shawarma guy. But in this band now, no one gives a shit about what we're doing because we're doing like '90s music. 
Yeah. So people are like, they don't care. And and like, I think this record we did is really good, but like, they just don't give a shit. So what are they into now? Like, what are, what are the big things? What are, I don't know, man. It's like, it it's like, you thing? need to have a fucking synthesizer. I was band. just going to say, yeah, you it's like guitars are like out since they Violin or something. I, I don't know. I think it's coming back though. I think, isn't it? I don't know. Well, like, what know. kind of bands are you into, Christine? I'm like '90s music. Like, I, are you a child of the '90s? Uh, essentially, yeah. You are? My okay. very first rock concert I ever went to was Pearl Jam. Oh, oh okay. Nice. Yeah, so you, nice. you like the yeah. '90s? Okay. Oh, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. No one gives a shit about that stuff anymore. They do. I think it's just press-wise, they probably want the next big thing. Right? I don't know, man. When I was in Austin two years ago, mm-hmm. um, we saw Soul Asylum, and I was like, "We're going to fucking see Soul Asylum." Remember five, Soul Asylum? Five people in the audience. There was five people there. Oh no. Yeah, and, I, and Dave Perner was like the lead singer of Soul Asylum was just hanging out, like he was a roadie, and I was like, "What the hell, man? <clears throat> Runaway Train?" Yeah. Like he's probably still making a lot of money in the royalties from that, but like there was nobody there for these guys, and they were so good. Yeah. They were so good live. Well, so Chris and I just recently went to go see. <clears throat> pardon me, we went to go see uh, uh, "I'm Mother Earth" again. Oh yeah, that and, was so good. But we, you know, we had this. We always have this discussion about now they're, you know, they were playing arenas, and now they're in these smaller, uh, smaller venues. Yeah. So it's it's kind of weird. Also, Edwin is balding. So he like. <laughs> Are you familiar with that Mother Earth at yeah, all? Yeah, a little. Yeah. Uh, He's balding. So of, of, the, of the rock genre, who would you say is your favorite? Oh, I'd say, I don't know. My top like favorite band is still Radiohead, probably. Yes. Which is the best. kind of an easy choice, yeah. isn't it? Top five records. But what would you say if you had to choose like a band from today that's more like on the side of stints and you know, no guitars, no 90s sound? Who would you say that you can listen to? Well, people were freaking out about the last LCD sound system, right? Oh, God, I hate that band so Okay, much. so you hate them. Uh, like a band that doesn't have guitars? Metric, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah. Yeah. You hate metric. I like, I like metric. Emily Haynes is cool, but it, you just aren't into that whole scene, like um, broken social scene. Do they, any of are that, they right? really just? Are they really just part of a scene? Like I, I hate it when like if you actually like music, you don't necessarily see it as part of a scene. Except when you're looking back at the '90s, yeah, you you know what grunge is. Because it was a whole, that was a whole other thing that inspired like style and like, yeah, it did. It that did. It that was, was your that was your crew. What we were divided by who we listened to, right, or what yeah. we listened. I to. guess it still it yeah. always will be that way, isn't it? Hmm. But it's becoming less that way. I think now that you have access to everything, you know, this, this is what's interesting about going to Austin, Texas, right, for South by, hmm. because. It's mostly like guitar oriented bands there. Yeah. Yeah. And like we went to this, I remember a few years back, we went to this Pop Montreal thing and I saw it was a Pop Montreal. It was like the Canadian Blast, but I saw July Talk. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the big fucking fuss is about July Talk. They suck. Not a fan, eh? Not you really. You just like, you just like, uh, I don't know. rock guitars. No, 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 no. I mean, I grew up listening to hip hop a lot yeah. too. So like, but even, even now, like, I, I this is a, a common joke in my household because. Like what are your kids? I don't know what Migos to? is saying. When I listen to Migos, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Wait, is that what your kids are listening to? No, my kids do not. My kids listen to like 21 Pilots. Okay, they, they're yeah. not really big into music. Like they're yeah. like, not really. You know, like but like Migos. Like what the hell is going on? I don't know. I don't know. Like I like I grew up like with New York. Like I still listen to like Nas and AZ and like you know Mob Deep. Like I don't know if I told you, but do you guys remember? How into hip hop were you, Christine? Were you? Uh, not of, a, kind of, a not really. lot, no. 
There was a there was a, a hip hop group called Capona Noriega, and I loved Capona Noriega. Why are you making that face, Todd? Because this is going to be hilarious. I know it's oh. going to be hilarious. Well, did I tell you? So Capone, no, no, sorry, Capone's in jail. <laughs> Noriega, Noriega, which is one half of the duo, who's like a serious personality, kind of like Action Bronson. Okay. He has a fucking food show on I don't know what network, but it's all over YouTube, and it's like Noriega like eating his way with his with his crew through cities. <laughs> What's up with these dudes getting food shows now, man? I know it's crazy. No, but Noriega's food show is like a mix of like Law and Order, <laughs> and yeah, because he's so New York, right? He's so like Queensbridge. He's like the Bronx, and he like he goes to Atlanta, and he just like fucking eats and drinks his fucking tits off everywhere. He's like, yeah. it's ridiculous, like excessively eats and then he's yeah. with these all these dudes his, his posse's crew and they're all like just eating so fucking much and like excessively like they should have gone to a vomitorium like was this, vomitorium. was this a YouTube hole that you fell down? Oh I totally fell down <laughs> yeah. and, and then they hang out with iced tea and they're like they're at, it's all fancy restaurants with like these rappers right so it was really really good so I guess that that would be my final question because we're uh, at the hour mark now oh, I think man. oh that's too bad so uh, my final question to you, Christine, is do you ever fall down YouTube holes? And if you do, what are they? It's what do you It's usually watch? just like music YouTube holes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. music videos? Just, yeah. So you watch zero stupid YouTube vids? Not really. Like I just, it's just the same ones over and over. Like the, the classics. Like I showed you the Japanese toilet prank or yeah. the Japanese spa prank for the Chris, first time. If you haven't seen this, you got to look it Japanese up. Japanese spa prank. Gold. Really? Yeah. It's this spa <laughs> that's set up on a ski hill and they sit, they sit patrons down. Hilarious. They sit patrons down and they're in a towel and the <laughs> chairs are, are rocketed like through the wall out onto the ski hill and they're rocketing in a towel down the ski hill basically like or one of them <laughs> oh my god one of them just flips flips them <laughs> outside of the building and onto the ski hill naked basically yeah yeah this yeah. is crazy are you firing one up no firing one up <laughs> yeah can you yes. say that when you like queue up a youtube video yeah, i guess so i you know what i found that i fell down a youtube hole recently okay with um there's these Chinese videos of okay. pranks in China. Yeah. And it always involves some guy like dropping firecrackers on somebody in the middle <laughs> or something. They go all out, eh? Like they oh. don't mess around over there. They no. take pranks no. seriously. Yeah. There was one where a guy dumps a bucket of scorpions on a couple in a park. Hilarious. And, and then he just walks away smoking <laughs> it. Yeah. Oh my God, I was, yeah, I was dying. And I was like in the middle of the night. I was like, ah. <laughs> And like my my daughter woke up and was like, "Dad, what? I'm sorry. Go back to bed, scorpions." Oh my god! <laughs> On a couple. <laughs> it was yeah. They don't care. It's totally well, crazy. One last thing I did want to bring up. Yes. I don't know if you heard. I know I was telling you at work that mm -hmm. uh, it was a really big story at the beginning of the year because last year Netflix was movie shaming people on yes. Twitter. Really? Did you hear about that? No. Like they were they were releasing like the statistics of the most embarrassing like movie watching habits. Like there was one woman who apparently watched the the Jerry Seinfeld B movie. Like three hundred and sixty-three times. What was the one at Christmas that you told me about? And there was another movie, like a Netflix-only Christmas movie called *The Christmas Prince*. <laughs> Somewhere in the Netflix-watching world, there was like eighteen people that watched that movie like every day before Christmas for and like Netflix two weeks. Netflix was like calling people, calling them out. Was like releasing this on Twitter. That's mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Thanks a lot, Reed. And wow. not, not in a nice way either. Like very sarcastically, like, "Wow, good movie choice, buddy." You know, like, <laughs> wow. God. 
I'm glad you think it's mean because I actually have another new little uh piece of Netflix Twitter really that they released yeah and you're never gonna believe it but this new movie statistic that Twitter just released today is about one of the three people sitting in the room right now what What? I have it right here it says at Chris Saracino watched Batman v Superman 419 times. All right, all right, all right. You made me, you made me. Obviously, Christine is a listener because she knows that I love Batman versus Superman. And Todd hates the fact that I talk about it all the time. Absolutely. That freaked me the fuck out there for a second. I was like, what? You were super. What are you reading on the internet about me? Good Lord. Oh, man. Actually, oh. Well played, Christine. Very well played. (laughs) Finally, finally, uh, one last thing to wrap up. We actually got an email here. From who? uh, From a Brian Hogan in Ottawa. Oh, hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hey, guys. Wanted to email in and say great job on the podcast. Glad to have you back after those months off. Thanks, Brian. Uh, When Todd asked (laughs) who he sounds like at the start of volume 16, I had to email in to say... I have been told he sounds like Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yeah, you kind of do, actually. Really? Sort of. I don't know who that is. It's that dude that hosted, uh, uh, what's that Carl Sagan show? Uh, he's the scientist oh. dude that's all over everything. and he's uh, Yeah, the Carl Sagan show. I, I'm sure it's not called that. No, but... it's not. It's, uh, <laughs> it sounds like a variety <laughs> Carl- <laughs> Tonight on the Carl Sagan show. The Carl Sagan variety hour. Tom Hanks and... <laughs> Metric. So, so Chris. <laughs> so Chris, he says that you sound like Craig McMorris. Who is that? Craig McMorris is the brother of Mark McMorris. And uh, Mark McMorris is the snowboarder that was just uh, in the Olympics. But Craig McMorris is the... Uh, here, I'm just going to Is this a, a compliment? Oh, I'll play a little clip here. And <laughs> it is what it is. Whether or not you feel you sound like this person. Oh, my God. Brian... This better be a compliment. Uh, Craig McMorris. McNorris or McMorris? McMorris. So this is this is Craig McMorris. This is some of his sayings. I mean, if these were weak arms were heavy, palms had to be a little bit sweaty, but hey, Yeah, I sound exactly like that guy. He's like slightly Uh, nasally. I can see it. A little bit, a little bit. There's a voice resemblance. Hey, that sounds like you sometimes. Nick Morris is achieving maximum velocity down the... Yeah, I don't know. Sounds okay. sort of like... So his question is, and I guess we'll include you in this as well, Christine, okay. Okay. just as our last and final thing. Okay. Um, do we feel we have vocal doppelgangers? And if so, who are they? Do you feel like you sound like others, Christine? or is it- um, Do I sound like Cameron Diaz sometimes? It's actually sort of yeah, yeah. right. You also sound like um, Uma Thurman a little bit. Uma Thurman. I haven't heard her talk in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too familiar. I'm you also to think sound of- like Aretha Franklin a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just throw out names. You sound like Anne Ramsey. There we go. Oh, and give me a cola. <laughs> Liza Minnelli. Yes. Liza. <laughs> what does she sound like? I have no idea. What about you, Chris? What do you, who do you feel that you sound like? Mm, I feel like I I sound like Conan O'Brien. 
I hope oh, I sound okay. Sometimes, yeah, a little. Um, with a little sprinkling of. Yeah. <laughs> people, people have told me that they think I look like Tom Segura. Yeah, you do like look like Tom Segura slightly. I'll, t- I'll take it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they also you, think I look like um, the lead singer of um, what's that band? Fucked up. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. They also, when I was a kid, they thought I looked like Joey Lawrence. Yeah, you did. You were totally Joey Lawrence to the max when you were a kid. Oh my God. Yeah, Yeah. it takes 20 years off. I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prominent eyebrows. It was when I had a mane of hair. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. So I don't know about me, man. Yeah, you, you. After listening to this podcast, like I feel that I sound unintelligent. I feel as though I that's, sound kind of like not, Honestly, both of you, you have perfect radio voices. Really? You make a good podcast. Nice. You've yeah, got your very voice good. Is, very, is that the no, journalism? Is that the journalism uh, courses? <laughs> I guess that makes zero sense, but were there courses in uh, public speaking? I'll or? listen to this and we'll find out. Yes, <laughs> I, yes. I think I don't think it was about like the voice. Like, like Isn't journalism more about like the written... Yeah, that's Factual certainly what they focused on, interviewing yeah. and uh, just hounding people down, man. <laughs> so yeah. would you have been, if someone said, Christine, we want you to anchor something, would you be an anchor? Oh, hell yeah. You know what's a really fun game, though? We played this once in one of my classes at U of O, is that we would uh, turn off the volume and just watch like various anchors reporting news and have to guess like if they were reporting something positive or negative. Really? The point oh, is that you can never tell. You can never tell. You yeah. can never really tell. They're just... Who's your it's favorite, like you who's after your favorite you wave your anchor, hand Christine? in front of your face. Is Peter Jennings still alive? No, yeah. I think he died. Didn't he die? I think Peter Jennings is alive. Mm. That's very unfortunate. Yeah. He was, he was a good R.I.P. Peter Jennings. R.I.P. Peter Jennings. He was Canadian and American, by the way. He was oh, born, just like me. No wonder I like he him. He was born oh. in Toronto. Dual Cana- Do you have dual Canadian? I do. I have one yeah. passport over there and I have one passport here. What, wait, awesome. your dad's American? My mom is American. My mom is from Detroit. The D. The oh, D. wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. Have you ever had a Detroit style pizza? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. But I Yeah, like Jets pizza or whatever. There's a burger place in Detroit that was on like national food shows. Like it's called Miller's. We should go to Detroit and do a podcast from Detroit. Why not? Like in Tim Taylor's garage. Tim have you ever Taylor. seen um seen uh Detropia? It's like I've basically it. this like video blogger going around Detroit uh, for most of the. It's pretty fascinating. It's not, it sounds familiar. It's really, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's it was on Netflix. I don't I think, think it's so. on there no? anymore. Oh damn it! We got to talk about Detroit next time Christine's yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, one last thing, Christine. Is there any way that people can donate or support? Yes. Uh, the paw. Paw pantry, Ottawa paw pantry. Yeah. The real it? OPP word. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any way that people can donate or uh, did you want sure. to? Sure. Stop by Global Pet Foods on Hunt Club. You can drop off your empties or uh, buy a bag of pet food and leave it there for us. There's also Purdy Paws on Bank Street. Um, or we have a few different drop-off locations. Visit our website, ottawapawpantry.ca. Find out more about what we do. Uh, helping free families in need. Uh, yes. <laughs> this sounds like a this sounds like a very like noble initiative. Yes. I love animals. I agree. Amazing. I do too. All right. Um thank you very much for being on. Thanks, thank Christine. you. Yes. It was a ton of fun. Come back for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. See you yeah. later, everyone. See ya. Bye. With my stock. <laughs> anyway, goodbye.